0: listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 259. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Anika Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. See you, Hello. Hello. Hey, son, hey, son! Woohoo! <laughs> Hello, how are things? Very well, very well. How are you? Not bad.
1: Good. We had snow. <laughs> snow?
0: Snow, good for you. Mm. Okay. How much? Is it significant? oh uh,
1: it's German. <laughs> and it's like... German
0: snow. German snow. Not
1: South German, so not much, but yeah, we had snow and like this in general is already pretty cool.
0: <laughs> okay, if we want to be very stereotypical, then that it means that it's a, a specific amount and exactly that that had to fall. Yes, and very efficient <laughs>
2: in, in ni- ne- neat lines and stuff. <laughs> yes. the,
1: yeah, like uh, very uh, the snowflakes f- all like fell in a, in a specific line. <laughs> yeah, yes,
2: in alphabetical
0: order. Yes. <laughs> and is that the orderly uh, way of, uh, of growing as well that the the skeptic baby does
1: yes mm. okay <laughs> no, it, good. Was, it was pretty funny she she had something happening and i googled it and it said like yeah it usually starts around the third week and yeah she was on the dot three weeks when that happened <laughs> she's, she's still very german in that regard
0: <laughs> <laughs> very good Oh, you remember that last week I, I shared a um, quote from Desmond Morris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know that he wrote a book uh, with the title Baby Watching? No.
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> and that's quite an amazing book. I mean, the development of the child of uh, the, the first, uh, I think it's the first uh, two years that he covers, basically. And from a zoological point of view, that how the human baby develops and why does things it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should check it out. <laughs> okay, so
0: everything everything looks good. I mean, we we had a a little bit of snow last week as well. Not much, just to show us that there could be some snow yeah, if maybe Mother Nature wanted to. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what you could get. People are crazy for snow. I, I, I just read today that uh, lots and lots of Swedes are booking trips to the Swedish mountains to the ski resorts, Ooh. even though there's a pandemic. I don't know what's wrong with people. Uh, There's normally a break from school uh, uh, in the last half of February. It's a week. It's actually called the sports week or sports break if you uh, translate it. Mm -hmm. And it's the traditional week where you go skiing. But there's a pandemic on people. Mm -hmm. You should stay at home. But they have just as many bookings uh, in the Swedish uh, resorts like they have normally. The The only difference, they say, is that this year it's only Swedes. Normally, Swedes want to go to the Alps or to other abroad stuff, but they can't do that. And normally, they have some danish norwegian even german people coming to sweden but of course that doesn't happen so even no- norwegian people because are uh, danish people going over to
0: sweden uh, that i totally understand but what, what about the norwegians
2: I yeah mean- well <laughs> they do that sometimes because it's cheaper not but not because it's uh, <laughs> okay it's better okay. norway okay. has better <laughs> skiing i must admit but it's i mean norway is bloody expensive yeah even for you yes absolutely you know Mm. a big mac it's like 11 euros or something it's crazy wow Mm. crazy (laughs) that is ridiculous
0: yeah Yeah, this is what we really suffer coming from central europe yeah and we see that (laughs) up north hey yeah that keeps us away yeah
1: whereas like uh sometimes it's like um scotty likes to tell the story of they went to budapest mm-hmm. and he always tells the story of like how cheap everything was
0: <laughs> yeah probably not anymore <laughs> it's it used to be the case but uh, they are slowly but surely catching up <laughs> right <laughs> because of the tourists,
2: right. How long ago was it? I was there? Was it two years ago, three years ago?
0: I think it was two years ago. yeah.
2: yeah, I, we we thought it was good times, fairly cheap. I mean cheapish. it was, yeah. It was cheap-ish, cheapish,
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. I mean, Poland, like Rolaw was was pretty cheap in that regard. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, but I have to say that when we did the tour, the About Time Tour, the part that I took part in as well with Susan Gerbig, Mm -hmm. uh, and we drove through Germany and Switzerland and Italy, apart from Switzerland, which was fairly expensive, Hmm. uh, I think Germany was okay. I mean, we didn't find it extremely expensive anywhere we went. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it was quite livable even for for tourists from my end of europe
1: (laughs) (laughs) you just probably just couldn't buy anything in germany because you didn't have cash (laughs)
0: now that was the issue yeah yeah (laughs) i thought that oh in germany i must be able to to use my my uh, credit card and debit card nope
2: (laughs) (laughs) really only at fuel stations really yeah Yeah. if you come to sweden that's not a problem i haven't used yeah i know cash for anything in two years i think (laughs) never not not even a five krono that's 50 euro cent for a sh- chocolate bar i use my credit card yeah yeah, yeah 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 in hungary they
0: really frown upon you when you do when you try to do that you can use your credit card but <laughs> if it's a too low an amount they will get angry with you because it's it's it costs them a lot <laughs> right yeah never mind but yeah i remember that the one time that i went to sweden Mm-hmm. not your part of the country but but to stockholm mm-hmm. really loved the place and uh i never used cash i did have a bit of cash in me but i never used it so no, no.
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> from that <tangent>. so <laughs> the
0: the funny thing is about this is that we are stuck at home and we as if we were just dre- daydreaming
2: about traveling, traveling yes. around yes, what's right? happening yes. Here. that's what's happening here <laughs>
0: right okay so moving on from daydreaming to a bit of reality the reality is that we have a show to run yes (laughs) and uh i think we have uh quite an important thing to talk about in this week in skepticism
1: Yes, because um, this week, five years ago, on the 31st of January 2016, a group of doctors, pharmacists and other interested people got uh, together. They were invited by Dr. Norbert Aust to discuss homeopathy and they could get Dr. Natalie Grams as the leader of their newly founded network which they called Information Network Homeopathy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Wow, fantastic thing.
1: Yes. And in the coming years after that they had a lot of success. For example, in TV they got a lot of coverage there and their goal was never to say that like homeopathy is um bad and it's not working and everything but it was more to educate the public on like how homeopathy is not working <laughs> or like right. if it's working why it's working and that it's a placebo yeah and yeah it's the, the work they're doing is still very important and um although they had changes of course in the network actually gum stepped down I think about a year ago, and um, Professor Jutta Hübner is now the leader of the of Information Network Homeopathy. But they're still going strong. They're still being very active, and yeah, we applaud them. <laughs> I would say and absolutely congratulations on five years. Yes. Uh, and we've <laughs>
2: been with them sort of for almost from the beginning. Uh, we had Natalie on episode 42 yeah which was in October 2016 so that's a year and a half after but it's still we were early catching on to that
1: no it's not it's 10 months or so after
2: (laughs) no no, you're right it was less than a year after they have started yes that's right that's right
0: and we also (laughs) interviewed uh, Norbert Haust
1: yeah
2: we did yes on episode
0: 128 so, Ooh, yeah,
1: yeah, they're, they're amazing. Um, they are indeed. I also did an interview with um, Udo Enderscheid for Skeptical Inquirer for everybody who's like even more interested. <laughs> so, yeah, they're amazing and they're doing great work. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really happy they're, they're active and they're part of uh, GWUP.
0: And uh, what's even more amazing from an European, a wider European point of view is that they produce a lot of material in English as well. Yes, they do. That could be used by other organizations, other individuals in other countries. The only thing that I encourage everyone to do, uh, apart from doing lots and lots of translations, because that's easier than coming up with your own stuff all the time, is that please get in touch with the Information Network Homeopathy before you do that, before you you start republishing their material in your language. I'm sure they will not have a problem with that. It's just... um, it's just the right way to do it contact them let them know that you would like to use it and
2: uh, and do the do the work yeah they'll be more than happy to let you use it yeah yes we put the link in the show notes as well so you can find their website yeah
0: so thank you very much Annika. and big thanks to the guys at informats Okay, how do you say that in
1: German? <laughs> <laughs> <Informationsnetzwerk> Homöopathie.
0: <laughs> Why can't I learn it? Sorry.
1: <laughs> it has a lot of consonants. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: if you translate it in English, it's, it's homeopathy information network, isn't it?
1: Yeah, like information network homeopathy.
0: <laughs> yeah, word by word. Yeah.
1: Informationsnetzwerk homeopathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but isn't it the word order? They did, switch it around when they
2: translate it themselves? I don't know. I would.
1: Some times but <laughs> like, it's not like in Spanish where they totally uh, change everything in the, in the acronyms
2: okay uh, okay, okay. Both are equally understandable, though.
1: Like, they usually still call themselves I and So, <laughs> mm,
0: okay. Yeah. Anyhow, they are awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Pontus. Yes. Have you got something to poke the Pope for?
2: I think we will give the old man a rest uh, this week. It hasn't happened too much. I know he has been suffering more about with his sciatica. So, he has a, a little yeah. bit of pain and had to cancel a few uh, things. But, uh, Apart from that, it's been a pretty slow week.
0: Okay, then. I did notice that uh, you are getting a little bit soft on him. Hmm. (laughs) 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 Never mind.
2: no 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 i'm not i'm st- uh, no if he does something that's worth talking about i'm st- i'm absolutely gonna talk about it but uh, <laughs> it has been a slow week and not too yeah. much uh, news to report i was kidding
0: okay give him space to breathe that means that we are moving on and i think as usual we will start with a little bit of a covid19 update not much because all the news are filled with uh with all that, but we have to talk about the vaccinations a little bit. Things seem to be happening very very slowly at least as opposed to what we would have expected by this time we mentioned it several times how amazed we are by the the logistical phenomenon that's going on and that amazing job that the producers vaccine providers and uh, the healthcare care uh, authorities are doing as well in different countries but those logistical issues are building up as of now uh, the first doses have mostly been administered in in a lot of countries i mean a lot of first doses have been administered the only country that passed the 20 percent threshold in terms of how much of the population has been vaccinated with the first dose is israel other countries have still not uh, managed to reach that level but the second doses are happening now but some countries are delaying. I, I think I already have mentioned that, that some countries are delaying the second dose. Mm. And that is absolutely counterindicated. I mean, the providers themselves, they advise against that. Yeah. And there is a good enough reason for that. So yeah.
2: But it's not that they know that it's bad. It's just that they haven't tested that. Exactly. So, you
0: should- so they cannot guarantee that the no, result. No, you shouldn't
2: gamble like <laughs> that. It might be okay to delay it a bit, but you know you shouldn't make decisions based on what might be okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh,
0: what shows, again, how slowly things can go is that it's been almost a month since the first vaccines have been administered and uh, the vaccine-induced immunity has not kicked in yet Uh, at least it doesn't show on the curves so what we can now see on the curves can be anything (laughs) can be (laughs) the lockdowns working it can be that that social distancing is working however we see in different countries even western european countries we see a lot of unrest emerging in these days which shows that society is finding it very very difficult to cope with this lockdown situation and with our lives completely turned upside down that is tolerable only for a short period of time apparently so obviously a lot of new ideas are emerging as to why the lockdown doesn't make sense and why we we shouldn't adhere to the rules but we should and um, there is a very interesting page that i found Uh, have you seen Cam?
1: no not yet
0: (laughs) No, that's an interesting page we will put it on the show notes and if you lock click on that if you're stuck with a lot of people inside a room for an extended period of time like a couple of hours with this algorithm you can estimate what the level of risk is that you get infected Obviously, there are lots of variables that you cannot really account for and you have to make sure that you know the sizes of the room, the level of ventilation and all that. But still, it gives you an estimate of how much the risk is, how high the risk is that you get infected if there is one person infected in the room. It doesn't do much. So, I mean, in terms of it doesn't really help you, but it helps you understand the different factors and the different variables that can have an effect on whether you get infected or not. So I do recommend everyone checks it out. It's pretty cool. But there is another thing which is the social aspect of this whole lockdown and how people adhere to the rules is that the University of Nottingham carried out a research with British, French, German and American universities and uh, they analyzed data regarding how people adhere to the government restrictions and what influences their attitude and they found that the best way to predict whether a person will be compliant with the rules was to determine how their environment the people around them their circle of people adhere to the same rules it had a very very strong effect Mm -hmm. on how people even approved the rules how they understood the rules and how they followed the rules so this is where our responsibility lies as a social animal. (laughs) Like, we have to be aware of how much an influence our social environment has on us.
1: And we on them. (laughs) Yes.
0: And there is another thing that uh, I'd like to mention, and uh, that has to do with the WHO and Germany. And it looks like the German government does a lot to deliver medical supplies to countries in the Western Balkan region. Mm-hmm. They partnered up with uh, WHO and the rationale behind that, among the equipment that have been distributed in those countries, the countries being Albania, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro, uh, North Macedonia and Serbia, uh, as well as Kosovo, of course. So 334 ventilators and close to 20,000 pulse oximeters. It's all in the hope that it will help uh, health facilities equip themselves to monitor the patients and improve the the health outcomes of the COVID-19 patients. And um, there is a sentence that I'd like to to quote here, which came from the head of the Federal Foreign Office's Director General for the International Order, the United Nations and Arms Control. I believe this is the government body that is responsible for uh, connections with the WHO as well in Germany. Susanne Baumann, uh, she said, as Europe continues to fight against the COVID 19 virus, no one is safe until everyone is. Yeah. Mm. And European solidarity is key. Yeah. So that's exactly solidarity, understanding, and solidarity is what we need in a situation like this. And uh, I really applaud this approach. And um, there is one more thing. I'm acting like Colombo here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Just. <laughs> Excuse me. One more thing. Oh, it could be Steve Jobs. No, no, no. (laughs) I want to be more like Colombo. So, uh, yeah, the vaccines, there are lots of vaccines. And Moderna just issued a statement that they have gathered new data that shows that the vaccine seems to be effective against emerging variants so far. So uh, that is good news. But as new variants pop up here and there, this situation might change in the future. However, there are two vaccines that are being considered by several European countries by now, not just Hungary, as I mentioned last, last week, <laughs> but um, Sputnik V and even Sinopharm which is the so-called the Chinese vaccine. A Sputnik V is based on an adenovirus, a human adenoviruses as uh, viral vectors. So that's quite, um. well, I would say not the last generation of vaccines. It's a previous technique, but it's quite an effective one. But the the Xenopharm vaccine, which is the Chinese one, that is based on an inactivated virus. So it's it actually contains an inactivated uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. So... This is why some people consider that a little bit outdated, but that should not be considered that. Because if you think about how many vaccines we still have and use every day that have inactivated viruses in them, it has proven to work through many generations, I mean, through several generations by now. So the technique itself. So what we are expecting now is the documentation on both ends so both Sputnik 5 and the Sinopharm vaccines are being investigated the criticism is still just when it comes to criticizing them for not making all the data available for the for the general public as well but believe it or not this is not a requirement for the health authorities including the EMA the European Medicines Agency to approve a vaccine But at least they need to see it right they need to see the data yeah yeah. they need to see the data the data has to be conclusive and then they can approve it or pre-approve it but it's not a requirement it's better especially when you consider the need for a public understanding and the need for the public public's trust in the vaccines that can be built with that level of transparency but obviously, it's not the only way to get a vaccine approved. So that is basically it when it comes to things that I wanted to share. I don't know if you've got anything to add or, or any questions or anything about this.
2: No, but I, there will be. I will talk a bit, little bit about uh, some new vaccines later on. But we'll take that in the news segment. Good, good.
0: Okay, that's where we are moving on to.
1: Yeah, and I've read of a study that uh, wanted to find out, or like the people who did the study wanted to find out who is turning to the COVID-denying Querdenker movement and why. So Querdenker are pretty much the German movement, but we can see the COVID denying people all around the globe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the study was done by a sociologist at the University of Konstanz, and it was a study on 138 people. They interviewed people at a protest last October, and you can also see surprisingly pretty like good parallels to interviews of a study from Basel. So, yeah, you can pretty much think it might be representative because this Study in Basel had almost the same outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, what they found out is that the protesters are usually 48 years old, 47, 48 years old, and there are slightly more women than men, 53%. Mm-hmm. In the group, they usually have higher degrees, like high school diplomas, or are more likely to have a high school diploma than the normal public. You can find a lot of freelancers in these groups, and 39% think that the so-called alternative medicine works better than science-based medicine. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You can find, like, pretty much everyone distrusts the political institutions and the media. And they inform, get informed through the internet or messenger groups, not really through newspapers or books or other outlets like that. They A lot of them think that um, influential businessmen want to vaccinate everyone by force, like... Bill Gates,
0: <laughs> who got vaccinated himself, by the way. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> well, they had to force him, but yeah, yeah. But now
2: he is capable of trace his own self, right, with the chip. So yeah, and he controlled himself. So so if he doesn't want to get up in the morning, he just turned the dial, and he has he's forced to go up. That's go so, up in the that's, morning.
1: so yeah. that's so practical. That's so cool, isn't it? I
2: need <laughs> that. I want that. That's
0: good self control for you. It's
1: called discipline. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: That's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay yeah, like um, in this study they also find out that the people think that scientists manipulate and invent information don't they and they are uh, obviously they think that <laughs> and in the group nobody wanted to get vaccinated what you can sum it up as is that it's a pretty like still a diverse group and not all of them are extremists but it's also not great <laughs> but what I found interesting is really, that there's a higher rate of freelancers in there, which I found odd. And there are a lot of people who have a higher um, high school degree mm-hmm. yeah. than the normal public. So mm-hmm. it's probably this, like, you have to be educated in a way, right. but not too educated. So to say.
2: <laughs> Don't get too educated. No, I think we've talked about this before that... Yeah, we, we did, we did. If you feel or think that you are so well-educated that you cannot be fooled... You get uh, some sort of hubris and you think that you know better than anybody else. And uh, so it's sort of dangerous situation there where you think that you know better because and then you make all up the, the excuses for why you know better. Yeah. And the smarter people apparently are better to finding excuses than so it's not about intelligence
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's that's the basis for the noble disease as well
1: yeah probably and it's probably like yeah. the smarter you are it's probably harder to to see when you're wrong because you have been right a lot of times right <laughs> and you it's very hard to to find your own biases
2: right yeah and you're very good at rationalizing what you think believe
1: yeah
0: that's why it's always good to not be the smartest person in the room (laughs) but Uh, yeah i'm serious so so Mm -hmm. there will be no one to tell you that you're wrong because they have to be smart enough to to be able to to find your your errors and yeah and the faults in in your arguments
2: you remember on our live show the 250 episode Mm -hmm. i actually said that something to the effect that i'm smart enough to know that i'm stupid (laughs) and i need to trust other people People yeah. yeah yeah
1: this like I know that i don 't know anything, I think mm-hmm.
2: right, right, <laughs> and it's important to realize that to have that humility, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, other vaccines coming, um there are many vaccines in the works it 's not just the ones we hear about the uh, Pfizer moderna. AstraZeneca and now also Sputnik and uh, Sinopharm. Also in in France, uh, they have had high hopes for some French vaccines. Unfortunately, it's not going so well for them. There's a company called Sanofi and it's working together with the British uh, company JSK uh, on a vaccine. But now it seems that it Uh, failed to show enough efficacy so they have had to go back to the drawing board on this one and they have postponed the phase three trials to the second quarter of this year Uh, this is a more traditional vaccine so if it's successful it would be cheaper and easier to store than the mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna so uh, Sanofi has problems with that vaccine they're also working on an mRNA vaccine of their own But that won't be ready uh, until the end of the year at the earliest. Then uh, also in France, there is the Pasteur Institute uh, in Paris. And they have a collaboration with Merck, the American company, to create the vaccine based on a modified measles vaccine. But now on 25th of January, uh, that development has been stopped because, again, there wasn't enough efficacy on this. So not too much luck for... um, French vaccine so far but this is actually how it's supposed to work it, it sounds like bad news but in a way it's good news because it shows the process is working in science you cannot take anything for granted and it's a good thing to see that when something doesn't pan out you have to start over or you conclude that you were wrong to begin with and and it's not worth spending any more resources on it so this is again back to the Sputnik vaccine and, and the Chinese vaccine it should get people a, a bit hesitant, especially the Sputnik one, because they skipped a lot of the process and they just declared that they would start using it, even though the trial three was still ongoing or, or hardly begun, I think. And and maybe, maybe just maybe they were lucky and uh, it does work. It turns out that it works. But that's not how it's supposed to to work. Science shouldn't be based on dumb luck. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There
0: is someone who knows a lot about luck. He even wrote a book about it, uh, The Luck Factor, and that is uh, Richard Wiseman. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whom we had the pleasure of listening to on the latest 12-hour show of The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Skeptic's Guide, yeah. Yeah, he was the first guest. (laughs) Amazingly funny, just as always but uh, he's behind a very important award that is the good magic awards he teamed up with the good thinking society and last year the award was given to megan swan and the breathe magic the the award was fo- focused on performers who use magic, magic tricks to improve the lives of, of, of others in some way in in terms of education, in entertaining them in difficult situations or things like that, like patients and hospitals
2: uh, or, or something like that. So it's the opposite of black magic then? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pentagrams.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now this time, this year, this is going to be something else. The award that's worth 2000 it will be in support of a project that promotes the art of magic it could be something that is a live performance or a virtual performance like yeah in a lockdown situation you definitely don't want to build up a complete live performance or you don't want you to build build something on live performance only (laughs) creating a podcast writing a book or an essay or something like that can be awarded as well or something that deals with the history of magic so something that promotes magic in general which uh, has real hardships to go through real hardships these th- these days the profession of magicians so obviously there will be a judging panel and um, the winner will be expected to complete the project uh, within 12 months of uh, the projected start date so how it works the registrations the the nominations y- you can self-nominate so if you have a project in mind that you would be able to use the £2,000 for, then uh, on the Good Thinking Society's website, you will find the link and uh, you can nominate yourself. The nominations are open until the 20th of February 2021. So hurry up because you have less than a month to do all that and the winner will receive the £2,000 to help uh, fund their activities and uh, the name of the the winner will be announced within a month of the closing date. So towards the end of March, uh, you will know who the winners are. Applicants, however, need to be firstly above 18 years of age and unfortunately, this is only open for people residing in the UK. But among our listeners, there might be a lot of those. I'm sure there is. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, organizations and individuals are welcome to nominate themselves or (laughs) others.
1: Wouldn't it be cool if you could only apply like through using magic, like only magic yourself win?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you magically appear on the list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I think that is a perfect segue that I credit myself for my piece of news. And that is that there's a study that shows that there's a necessity of big visual signs to warn people about fake news, <laughs> and I think magicing is, your way in is also a bit of fake news in that regard <laughs> because uh, fake news are a huge problem when it comes to everything, but also when it comes to COVID-19 and the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And they said that smaller text warnings can be easily um, misunderstood. And just like like Twitter, for example, does like, hey, um, this is concerning COVID nineteen. Here you can find information. It's good, but it's they say it's pr- maybe not enough. They did a study on uh, five hundred and fifty adults, and they examined different ways of warning, like highlighting in another color, um, blocking, like a shattered screen that you can't really see what's happening. And they say the more glaring something is, the better it is, and it's. Like a huge stop sign on a busy road. It should be like the more obvious, the better.
2: All right. I, I don't know if it's just a special Nordic phenomenon, but colloidal silver is very popular among the alt-med communities in Sweden and Finland. Uh, is that the same in, in Hungary, Germany? Have you? Is it big there? Or not, is it? not that I know of. No.
0: I mean, in Hungary, I'm not aware of a colloidal silver being very big. No. I mean...
2: No. I didn't expect that. I think it's some sort of a Nordic phenomenon somehow. Yeah, but now, now uh, that I said that, uh, not very big colloidal.
0: It, um, yeah, it it cannot be very big because it's no, b- it's nanoparticles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's
2: <laughs> right smaller yeah. than a micron. So
0: yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so it, it's quite like you said. It's it's small silver nanoparticles or uh, uh, silver ions. And in highly diluted water, and you buy that mm-hmm. as a, on a bottle. And it's believed by many to have mm-hmm. almost magical properties. I mean, it's supposed to cure and prevent everything from Ebola to cancer, broken bones even, and of course, COVID-19. There was a study at a university in Finland that uh, took a look at uh, three company websites selling colloidal silver there. The study looked at the claims made in the marketing of colloidal silver by these websites. And also they analyzed the discussions that went on in associated Facebook groups, because a lot of these believers, they meet up in Facebook groups and and they convince each other how how good it is. And uh, the conclusion from the study is that uh, the marketing in Finland of colloidal silver products didn't follow regulations of authorities, Mm -hmm. naturally. Uh, Several scientifically unfounded claims were found about the efficacy and the medical use of colloidal silver. And uh, after the Finnish broadcasting company, YLE is is the abbreviation, they uh, ran a documentary And uh, after interventions by authorities, the contents of the websites were changed and and, uh, the most uh, egregious claims were taken off. But there was still questionable uh, information remaining and misleading claims. In the analyzed Facebook groups, uh, attitudes towards medical use of colloidal silver were uncritically positive, of course. Uh, Internal use, you should drink it, they say was highly promoted and uh, restrictions of any use were considered unjustified and and part of conspiracies Mm -hmm. you know big pharma conspiracies probably don't use this this something uh, you know the the real medicine that they want to force on you so there are many problems with colloidal silver and uh, selling it as a treatment or as a Sort of medicine. The particles are very tiny and they can easily get inside the cells of the body. They can penetrate the membrane of the cells, and you don't want that. <laughs> it is toxic if you get it in high quantities, and it can also lead, lead to a condition called argyria, which means uh, your skin basically turns blue or bluish. <laughs> and this is because your skin retains the silver particles, and then when light hits your skin, the silver oxidizes. Much like old-fashioned black and white photography, and and you can't really get rid of that once it's happened. And then there's the price, of course. This is a very expensive way to buy silver if the, if silver is what you want. The water is very highly diluted, and uh, but the price per liter starts around twenty-five or thirty uh, euros. And it's of course, it's good that it's very highly diluted because it means it's less toxic, <laughs> but it also means that you're paying a lot for mainly water. So it's a scam either way. It's like homeopathy. <laughs> it, yeah, it's almost homeopathic uh, dilution levels. Not really, but it's approaching that. And then, of course, the big danger is that you use it instead of real medicine. And that is even more dangerous because I yeah obviously you can you can hurt yourself by not using the correct medicine and there is no evidence for any benefits whatsoever of having silver in the body so stay away it's still nonsense and potentially dangerous nonsense if you'd get too much of it
0: Mm. okay well talking about nonsense let me move a little bit to hungary (laughs)
2: for some hungarian
0: nonsense yes the hungarian nonsense (laughs) that originates in the netherlands Mm -hmm. international nonsense so what happened you know we we've talked about traveling and and how we all want to travel and 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 all that stuff so holiday items are easily and readily available in all touristical destinations around the world like um localized places but there is this store in the netherlands that sells t-shirts lunch boxes mugs and all that kind of stuff with different destinations with the name of different destinations and what it says and what they say usually is that no i don't need therapy i just need to go to this place or that place or that place yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) one of them is hungary which we are very happy about because that, that brings a lot of tourists to, uh, to Hungary that they want to visit the country. We're so happy about that. Uh, very unhappy that they cannot do it now. <laughs> However, <laughs> a couple of years ago, back in 2016, a Hungarian news site called Peshti which is a far right news site, published an article by one of the editors, Kota Jurak, And the headline says, this is why Dutch girls want to go to Hungary. Well, the reason given for the Dutch girls wearing these T-shirts that I don't need therapy, I want to go to Hungary, is that the therapy in question is a so-called rape therapy. What? So you're probably kind of sensing what I'm trying to get to because in Hungarian state media... The narrative is that there are lots of r- cases of rape in some European countries done by immigrants. And the anti-immigrant propaganda needs this kind of food for their uh, their propaganda machine. Yeah. And it started circulating. And then in 2017, the Hungarian news picked it up again. The- this time it was uh, a news outlet called Majoridök, the Hungarian Times, then in 2018, the government-controlled Origo.hu, which used to be one of the greatest online uh, news outlets, until it got totally overrun by the by the government. So now the latest emergence of the story was back in November 2020 with Magyar Hírlap, which is the Hungarian Courier, or or it translates to something like that. Now an opinion piece explained it in detail that Dutch women. Dutch girls flee to Hungary to escape the so-called rape therapy from those bloody migrants. Wow. And luckily, this uh, Dutch fact-checker from the University of Leiden called uh, Nois New... <laughs> i don't know how to how to pronounce <laughs> it it's neo news checkers let's say let's call them news checkers yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay that's probably much it it, I think yes, yeah, yeah it, it, it what it means definitely but i i have no idea how to pronounce it in dutch but uh they dug up everything about this and they went on to ex- examine this situation they did some fact checking on it and they were the ones finding these very old items as well news items on the the different hungarian news outlets so uh, yeah that's basically serving the hungarian government's narrative using a completely innocent tourism-based product in order to put through the their their narrative of anti-immigration uh, yeah so the message would be that dutch women want to come to hungary because they feel safe because here the government is anti-immigrant
2: it's tasteless so tasteless in on all levels
1: it is it is yeah
0: yeah yeah so thank you very much to news checkers Hmm. of the university of leiden for making that available
1: definitely (laughs) yeah um i've got something that is completely in a different direction Mm And it's another study because it seems to be like my episode of studies <laughs> <laughs> okay. because um, this is a Spanish study on the use and the confidence in therapies that are not based on science. It was done by the Spanish Foundation for Science and Technology and they did a qualitative study on um, what I just said, the use and confidence in therapies lacking scientific evidence like homeopathy, acupuncture, herbal medicine, Reiki and Bach flowers. Or beach flowers, however you want to pronounce them. (laughs) Um, And they wanted to understand the perspective of um, its users to identify discourses, attitudes and motivations. And what they pretty much found out is that the whole issue is very complex. There's not a huge discourse within um, so-called alternative medicine. Um, but they also found out that luckily the majority of users would still go to hospital when seriously ill. Hmm. Users feel that medicine is industrialized and patients are dehumanized and they feel that they're more seen as a human being in alternative medicine. So you can pretty much say that like the placebos of, of scam are helping more for them. It's also like the access to these therapies is also very interesting and very um, diverse. Uh-huh. Um, they found out that mostly um, they get access through either relatives who recommend something or through websites. So the internet is, f- is a very big facilitator for SCAM. And interestingly enough, also sometimes medical staff recommends alternative medicine personnel
0: (laughs) now that's that's the real issue yeah because that also undermines uh professional credibility
1: exactly but it's even sometimes the case that professional science-based personnel are also uh, working in alternative medicine like it's not it's not even a rare thing like Mm -hmm. let's remember that natalie grams was a homeopathic doctor like (laughs) yeah medicine like medical degree and homeopathic degree in that regard Mm -hmm. so yeah anybody who is interested um we will also put the link to the study in the show notes and it's a very complex and and long study that's why i pretty much held it kept it short Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty much summed it up for you but it is very interesting and um definitely something worth uh knowing and reading
0: yeah and you will be able to because uh, it will be on the show notes.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you very much. And I believe this has been all the news that we wanted to share with you. Some of them not very new, but uh, um, as for for example, my, my Hungarian media using a hoax on, about the Netherlands, the fact-checking site just published this this item. So this is why it was covered this time. So moving on to finding out who's been really wrong lately.
2: All right. Uh, short and sweet this time, I think. Uh, there is a Swedish company who is being investigated for issuing COVID travel l- certificates based on COVID-19 uh, tests, negative uh, such, of course. And they s- they sell these tests to you as well, showing very much that you're not infected. Uh, they are claiming to do PCR tests. The cost per test, depending on how fast you want the results to come, it's from about 150 euros to 250 euros and maybe more in some cases. The problem is that it seems that all the tests came back negative and that is because they were probably never analysed at all. So the company has named at least two different labs that they have said that they are using and also indicated these labs' names on the test returns. But these labs deny that they have performed any tests for this uh, company. And it's not like the customers knew about it. This is not like you go and buy a false certificate because you want to cheat the system or something. No, no. They thought... They got a proper test, but in fact, they just got a rubber stamp back within a few hours if you paid a lot, or a couple of days if you paid a little less. And uh, once they received the certificate back, of course, they thought that they were proven to be COVID free. And one person who was interviewed, took the test in order to know if he should visit his elderly mother. And of course, if, since the Ooh. test was negative, he did that. <sighs> I don't know that anything bad happened, but it could have gone pretty bad. So this is just one example of people taking advantage of the pandemic, selling bogus products, endangering people's lives. We've heard about a lot about alt-med and fake treatments and stuff, but this was another level of, of uh, fraud Committed in the name of uh, the pandemic,
0: and also it's very cynical as well. Extremely cynical.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> boils my blood.
2: And apparently, it was a, a a real qualified, or I mean, it was a real MD doing this behind this company. Mm-hmm.
1: And it creates like even more distrust. F- yes, uh, from right. these people already distrusting. That's right.
2: <laughs> right. That's right. So don't pay f- for this kind of things if you don't know exactly who is supplying what you can be uh, scammed. Yeah, that's right. Right. So for ignoring the public's health just to make a buck, these scumbags behind the, this company gets today's prize for being really wrong. And as I said, watch out for the scams like this. Don't use services for, from companies that you haven't checked out mm-hmm. first.
0: Yeah, don't believe everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is enough to make you a cynic yourself because you end up believing nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. people are. Scumbags. This is what
0: I am having um, arguments with people over now that Trump is gone. Oh, by the way, we haven't celebrated the fact that Trump is gone.
2: Oh, <laughs> you may have, <laughs> but I, I have. <laughs> I have celebrated quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, on the show. <laughs> on the show. Okay.
0: <laughs> on the show. We haven't even mentioned that. No, <laughs> but I. It's not worth I'd, mentioning. Yeah, I do agree with Trump, that. With the, who is that? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, they try to, obviously, some Orban supporters try to argue that Trump Hasn't been that bad, and um, and uh, Trump did a better job in not starting any wars or something. And then I agree that yeah, but he started a war on truth, <laughs> um, yeah. instigated a war in his own country between two political parties. So it's not. Don't tell me
2: he d- didn't start a war. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. If we we even, of course, the Sweden Democrats in uh, here have also uh, not uh, distanced themselves Mm. from from Trump, even though after everything that happened on the 6th of January, etc., they're still making excuses. Well, that was bad, but... And you don't listen after that. You know, if somebody says about Trump, that was bad, but... You don't have to listen to anything about after the but yeah
1: usually it's um like nonsense um if you wanna care for for people that i I learned a very different saying, uh, a very important saying, and that is in front of the butt is the lie,
2: <laughs> yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't wanna disturb you but but
0: but <laughs> yeah yeah but but but. <laughs> <laughs> but i i think we have to bear in mind that uh even though trump is gone uh the fact is not and uh people have to clean up after him and it's gonna take a long long time and not only in in the united states it's gonna take a long time in the all over the world Yeah. and one thing we have to bear in mind as well that the people who supported him are still there and we need to understand them yeah we don't want to go into more wars with them opinion wars it's just we have to reconcile our differences somehow and try to understand each other in a way that we can work together we have so many problems to solve in the future the pandemic is here global warming is there important stuff and now we have to restart economies complete economies Mm.
1: and we also have so much more in common than what yeah Mm.
0: Yeah. this is what i really love about the european idea and the fact that i mentioned earlier that germany is taking part in helping out other parts of europe as well that is heartwarming and it's good to see but on that note (laughs) we are about to conclude the show i think i've got a very fitting quote here So, a per- from a person who was born in Ukraine on the 25th of January, 1900, by the name Theodosius Grigorevich Dobzhansky. <laughs>
2: I couldn't say it better
0: myself. <laughs> I don't know if the, the name sounds familiar to you. No. But he was an evolutionary biologist and one of the, the leading f- figures of the modern synthesis of evolutionary biology. Stephen J. Gould even called him the greatest evolutionist of our century so
1: Ooh. that's a pretty good title <laughs> that's high praise
0: yeah that's yeah, yeah. good
2: on that looks good on
0: your cv yeah he was a he was the one according uh, to the phrase that nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution hmm. and that is <laughs> very often quoted but it's not the quote that i brought today no? the quote is does the evolutionary doctrine clash with religious faith it does not It is a blunder to mistake the holy scriptures for elementary textbooks of astronomy, geology, biology, and anthropology. Only if symbols are construed to mean what they are not intended to mean can there arise imaginary, insoluble conflicts. As pointed out above, the blunder leads to blasphemy. The creator is accused of systematic deceitfulness. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, Teodosius Grigorevich Dobzhansky was the one saying that mm. and with that i'd like to thank you annika and pontus for joining me today thank you thank you thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in please keep doing so and until next week goodbye tschüss hei you told If you have a local event or organisation to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the programme was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shrub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe
2: Beautiful, Anders.
1: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so proud.
0: Okay. <laughs> hmm. Do you have something to poke the Pope? Poke.
2: Do you have. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> do you have something to
0: fuck the Pope for?
2: Uh, <coughs> oof. I wouldn't. That you don't. You can't afford that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're expensive. I. I understand. Uh, uh, your yeah. services are much more expensive than that. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or we could just close our eyes. That's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Just close your eyes. You don't need to read anyways Close your
0: eyes, <laughs> and I'll
2: kiss you tomorrow.
1: Please. I, miss
2: you. Uh, I don't want to kiss you, Andrash. I love you, but not that in that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: likewise. Likewise.